0: Do you love God's word? Amen. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Man's opinions can change day by day. But the word of the Lord is tested and tried. It's trustworthy and true. And we can depend on it forever. He said, my word will never pass away. Never, never, never. No matter what man does, praise God. His word will never pass away. It is eternal it was the word that was made flesh who dwelt among us, amen everybody ready, You got your bibles, let's hold them up to heaven and say thank you father for your holy written word it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh I have what your word says I have I am what your word says I am I can do what your word says I can do Holy Spirit anoint my ears to hear my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank God for the living word that's eternal. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about if, if we faint not. Did you know there are over 1,600 ifs in the King James Version of the Bible? An if is a conditional clause. If implies responsibility. In other words, we have a part to play in things. For example, when the Israelites were told in the book of, Exit, or book of Deuteronomy, rather. If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord my God and do what is pleasing in your sight, in his sight, if, then these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. God's the overtaker. He'll overtake us with blessings. But he also went on to say that if not, if you don't hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, you will expose yourself to the curse. So obviously, we have responsibility. We have a part to play in it. So it's conditional. Well, in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, this is my main text this morning, beginning at verse 7, this is what the Apostle Paul said. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if, if we faint not. As I was doing this study and studying for class on Friday, I just heard these words in my spirit, unconscious thinking and unconscious behavior. Faith is all about unconscious thinking, unconscious behavior. What do you mean by that? Well, have you ever walked into a grocery store to buy some items? Did you take some money with you? Did you bring some currency? Some means of paying for what you're buying. Would you expect them to give you what's in your buggy without any money? Anyone would expect that? So it's an unconscious act. You do it because you know it's the right thing to do. And you know you're not going to get the goods if you don't release the cash. Right? Right? But did you know when we're told by James to go to the throne of God and ask whatever you want to ask for, ask in faith nothing wavering. Let not that man think who wavers in his faith that he shall receive anything from the Lord. In other words, we're to go to the throne with this unconscious thinking, unconscious behavior, just like we do in the grocery store. I'm going in with my unwavering faith. I'm going to receive and access the things that Jesus purchased for me by the blood that he shed. An unconscious thing. Oh, is there an issue? Is there a problem? Is there a situation? Yes, let's go to the throne. And let's go and and as we go in, let's bring our what? Unconscious act of faith. Unwavering faith. It's just automatic. That's what you do. Well, now here, Paul's talking about another spiritual law. And it reveals us the nature of that law by going into the natural realm. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. And what a man sows, the same shall he also reap. Now, when I talk about unconscious thinking, unconscious behavior, a farmer goes out and he plants his, say, his crops. And let's say he plants an acre of corn. Do you think... That come fall time or harvest time, that he's kind of looking over everything out there and thinking that I know I planted a whole acre of corn, but you know what? Maybe I'll get some tomatoes and peppers and and some uh, lettuce and some other things as well. You think his brain would even go in that direction? Why not? Why not? Because of the law of sowing and reaping. If you want beans, sow beans. If you want lettuce, sow lettuce. If you want peppers, sow peppers. True? So why would you think, why would you think you can reap peppers when you sowed corn? And he tries to tell us, look, it works in the spiritual realm too. Don't think that you can reap life everlasting and all that pertains to it by sowing to the flesh. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. It is a law, period. And that's how it works. So God wants us to be aware of the fact that it's his desire that we sow to the spirit and not to the flesh so we can reap the things of the spirit now to show he's talking about this law of sowing and reaping and the battle that takes place between the flesh and the spirit back it up to Galatians chapter 5 I don't think you have this in your notes but Galatians chapter 5 we're going to read begin reading here at verse 16 this I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh he's talking to believers for the flesh lusts or wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would but if you be led of the spirit you're not under the law now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these now these are the seeds he says don't sow don't sow these things in your life if you want to reap the things of life then don't sow what? don't sow adultery don't sow fornication, don't sow uncleanness lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred variance, emulations, wrath Strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So now we see a distinction here between the works of the flesh and now the works of the Spirit. So if we want to reap the things of the Spirit, we sow to the Spirit. If we want to reap the things of the flesh, we sow to the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts so we're christ we belong to christ and it's our responsibility to do what to see to it that we don't sow to the flesh but sow to the spirit so why would we expect or why would we think that if we sow to the flesh we're going to reap the things of the spirit It makes sense, doesn't it? If I sow corn, I reap corn. If I sow beans, I reap beans. If I sow to the flesh, I reap something I don't want. We want to sow to the spirit, spiritual truths, the seed of God's word into our hearts and lives so that we can reap the benefits of the spiritual realm. Now, the key to reaping, according to the apostle Paul, is that we faint not. Faint means to have a loss of spirit, loss of courage, loss of energy. We want to see to it that we don't get to a place where we faint in our minds and we lose heart. That's why the uh, Almighty God told Joshua when he took over the leadership to lead the people of God into the promised land. He said, be of good courage. Don't be dismayed. Don't have a sudden loss of of spiritual energy and, and heart. Be courageous as you go forth because I will go before you and I will enable you to get into the promised land. But if we faint in our mind along the way, whatever it is that we're believing God for, including living our whole entire Christian life. You know, many people faint when it comes to living their entire Christian life here upon the earth. But look, he says, don't have this loss. Now, why does a farmer not faint? Let's say come in mid June. Why does he not faint? Because he understands the process of sowing and reaping. He understands the principle. He knows he sowed the seed. And you can look at it this way. It's prepare the soil. It's plant the seed. It's provide the nourishment. It's protect from the insects and protect from the you know, weeds and thorns and all that. And then what? You get your produce. So you start with what? Prepare. Plant. Provide. Protect. Produce. And we carry it over to the spiritual realm and we understand the same principle applies. It's the same process. We've come to Jesus. We've sowed the seed of his kingdom into our hearts and lives. We've planted that word. We've prepared our hearts. You might have to receive something, let's say, by faith from God, let's say, in your business or for your family or for your health or whatever it might be in your finances or whatever. So you find the seed of God's word and what do you do? You plant it within the soul of your heart. And then you provide the the nourishment that is necessary for it to grow. By putting it in an environment of love. God loves you. I know he's met my need. He loves me. He cares about me. I worship and I praise him for the victory that I have. For the answer that I have. And I'm watering the seed of the word. And it's beginning to grow. It's developing into a plant. Okay. And so we see that happening. So the farmer doesn't get discouraged. He doesn't lose heart. He doesn't faint. He doesn't get upset and thinking. My goodness I've watered it every day for about two weeks. And nothing has happened yet. One day I planted some bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass. It was a section of my lawn that was all burned out. And so uh, it was kind of the way it was. And so I kind of, you know, took all the grass away and dug everything out and put some topsoil down. And I planted just Kentucky bluegrass. I didn't use any rye. Just Kentucky blue. I thought it would never come up. I I was watering that thing day uh, every single day, and I thought it would never come up. It was forever to come up. But you know what? Now that it's up, it looks real nice. Same thing is true when it comes to this law of sowing and reaping. You've sown something, you've believed you received something from God. You believe you received a job, you believe you received a need met. And so you're believing God, you're thanking God. You don't faint, you don't lose heart because you understand the process. The process is you've sown the seed of the word into a heart that's been prepared. You're providing the environment in which it's going to grow, which means you're going to to worship the Lord for the answer. You're going to protect it from the doubt, the unbelief, all the suggestive thoughts that are coming your way by the enemy trying to tell you it's not worth it, it's not worth it, it's not worth working it's not working and you're not going to allow that to happen and so you you continue on by casting down thoughts and casting down imaginations etc etc you know what to do you know that process so you don't get faint in your heart or in your mind because you know eventually if you keep sunlight you keep water you keep weeding eventually it will produce a product it's going to produce and bear fruit right so the farmer doesn't come unglued but too often what uh, we do because we don't see things like that in the spiritual realm we have a tendency to become let's say faint I've been doing this for so long now that could be a a, let's say a, a natural thing like a physical thing that you need but what about our spiritual lives how many people faint when it comes to their spiritual walk with God we want to avoid that don't we we want to see to it that we sow to the spirit so we can reap the things of life Because this spiritual walk that we are engaged in doesn't just benefit us here on this earth, but throughout eternity. We want to have the best resurrection that we can possibly have. We want that to be the fruit of our lives. We want to hear, good, great job thou, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. I've got a place prepared for you that you can't even begin to imagine Godliness is profitable, not just the things of this life, but also in that which is to come. So we don't faint, we don't lose heart, we don't cave in, lose our spiritual energy, we don't get discouraged because we know there's something more on the other side. Now, it's important that we faint not, but I want to show you things here that he revealed to us in the latter part of our main text. He tells us that we're not to be weary, number one, in well-doing, number two. Actually, he goes on to tell us to be patient because he knows it's going to take time before the seed produces a result. So we're to be patient. In due season, he puts it that way. Be patient because in due season, a farmer knows if I plant it in May, I don't reap in June. It takes time for it to come to pass or to materialize. Amen. And then also, uh, we're not to faint and lose heart and then we'll reap. Those are really the steps. But let's begin looking at the first one. Don't weary. Weary means to don't wear out. Don't become emotionally or mentally exhausted. And you know, when you're fighting a good fight of fate, it's very easy in the natural for us to become mentally exhausted. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, there are reasons why you and I should not become mentally exhausted. That's playing right into the hands of the enemy. Trust me, it's a warfare. Anyone know of a warfare that's a good thing? an easy thing, there's no resistance whatsoever, no ever get into a boxing ring with somebody, Uh uh-uh, don't do it if you don't want to fight on your hands Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the, mat, of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be what? wearied and what? Faint where? In your minds. Our minds will go in a, in a direction that's far from that. We'll think about ourselves. We'll think about what we're going through. We're thinking about the situation. We're thinking about all the ramifications and all that. But he says, wait a minute. Hold on. There is a cloud of witnesses. And especially when it comes to our salvation. The end result of our believing in Christ. There's a cloud of witnesses around every single one of us. And what are they doing? They're in the grandstands of heaven. You realize there were 1.3 million people in Cleveland, Ohio. When they won the NBA championship. 1.3 million people. They had nowhere to put the people. Over a basketball game. There are. So many saints on the other side in glory, in the grand stands of heaven, and praise God, their lives, their witness, their testimony, their being there, they're cheering us on, they're rooting us on, and they're saying, hold fast your confession of faith and don't let it go. There is a prize to be won, there is victory to be had. Hold fast, don't faint, don't get weary, don't let go, don't let loose of what you're believing God for. And their lives are witnesses to us. Don't faint in your mind. Then it goes on to say, look to Jesus. Jesus could have become faint and could have become weary, but he did not. Even at the rock in the garden, when it seems like he was overwhelmed by what he had to go through, he stayed focused. Remember the Bible says that Jesus set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem? There was nothing going to disturb him, nothing going to distract him in any way. To take him or remove him from what he knew he had to do. So whatever it is that we need to do to get our victory, we need to be focused and set our face like flint. That means you're not going to sway my mind one way or the other. Praise God. I believe what the word of God says. I declare what the word of God says. I decree what the word of God says. And as far as I'm concerned, praise God, that has to be the final answer. That's it. Thank God. And he did not move. He was sweating as if there were drops of blood there at the rock in the garden where he obtained the victory over all the enemy. And he sets an example for us because you know what? He looked beyond the cross. He looked to the other side to victory. The joy that was set before him enabled him to endure everything that he had to go through. And that's why God wants us to worship him and bless him and rejoice that he is Jehovah God, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Healer, our Deliverer, even before we see the answer come. Even before we experience the fullness of the victory. And don't faint in your heart or mind. And then in in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, in verse 28, I love these verses of Scripture. They're powerful, powerful, encouraging verses of Scripture that will help us overcome in our time of battle. Hast thou not known? Well, hast thou not heard? What, Isaiah? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not. I remember doing a wedding here. The bride fainted two times. Did you ever see somebody faint? And do you? Kaboom. And lest it happen the third time, we got a chair and sat her down and we finished it that way. Faint. In this, on this side of heaven, it's easy for people to faint. To get your eye off the prize and keep your eye on the problem. But it's just the opposite that God wants us to do. Don't look at the problem. Look at the problem solver. Don't look at the mountain. Praise God. Look at the mountain mover. So God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint. Why is that important to me? Notice this. Neither is weary. Those two things that Paul was talking about. He doesn't get faint. He doesn't get weary. Well, how's that going to help me? There's no searching of his understanding. Well, why? He gives power to the faint. Hallelujah. He gives power to the faint. I receive that power now. You missed a good time to shout right there. He gives you power if you're faint. He gives you power if you've lost your energy. If you've lost your spirit. If you've lost your heart. If you've lost the fight. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might. Because you see he has enough for all of us. He increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They 'll mount up with wings as eagles, they will run and not be weary, and they will walk, and they will not faint. Glory be to God. hallelujah. Do you see what he 's revealing to us don 't trust in yourself don 't trust in your own ability. trust in the one who never faints and never gets weary, and just allow him to flood you with his powers and his ability, and he will raise you up. praise God, He will keep you victorious. Secondly. He says, with well-doing. Be well-doing. Let us not be weary with what? Well-doing. You can say, doing the right thing. Remember Noah? Building an ark, building an ark, building an ark. And having to withstand all the opposition and all the voices that were coming against him. Building the ark, building the ark, building the ark. Can you imagine over that long of a period of time hearing all the negativity All the pessimism, all the scoffing, the mocking, and all the attitudes coming his way from all the people. You are out of your mind, Noah. He kept on well doing. He kept on well doing. He kept on doing and doing. He continued doing and continued doing and continued doing. Who had the last laugh? Hmm? Who had the last laugh? Boy, I bet you they wish they would have listened to what he was saying because they could have been on that boat too. But you see, they wouldn't. But can you imagine the temptation to become weary and faint in your mind during that time? And then what about the life of Joseph? Joseph is on a high. He's got this coat of many colors. He's supposedly his father's favorite. At least all the others thought that. And as a result, God showed him a vision and a dream that he's going to be leading everybody. He's going to be somebody of great importance. He made the mistake to tell that to his brothers. And he's just on a spiritual high because he heard from God. He experienced God in his life. And now he's just set ablaze and he's on fire. And the first stop, the pit. The pit. And there he is in The pit. What was his continued well-doing? He didn't stop his well-doing. What was his well-doing? His well-doing was maintaining the right mental and emotional mindset when he was in that pit. He didn't get in that pit and start complaining about what was going on in his life. He saw the dream. He, He believed in the dream. He held the dream up before him. And he kept on and he kept on and he continued on. And guess what? It got him into prison. Because he was a morally correct man and, and and humble man before God living his life to please God not Potiphar's wife and as a result he gets thrown into prison where he is forsaken there in prison even though he helped other people and he could have been one that just said he was so down in the dumps because I did this and I did that I'm going to pit him into prison I help people and look look how they treat me but he didn't act that way he didn't react that way as a matter of fact he waited upon the Lord who never faints. he waited upon the Lord who never wearies he did not lose sight of the vision of the dream Praise God. It may have looked shattered to other people. But it did not look shattered to him as far as he was concerned. He's on his way. He's on his way. He believes that God is still on his side. And God is the one that's going to bring it to pass. And finally he ends up where? In the palace. Dream fulfilled. The savior of his family as well. Because why? He didn't give up. When it seemed like he should have. When everybody else thought you should. Even when you think you should. That's the point of this message. You will reap if you faint not. Don't give up your fight of faith. Don't give up on believing God for what you're believing God for. Hold fast to it. Matter of fact, get more tenacious about it. More tenacious about it. And then you think of a man named Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, when he was, uh, before he was born, actually, his father died. Three weeks before his birth. When he was 12 years old, his older brother Hugh died. When he was 13 years old, he was captured by the British during the Revolutionary War. And as a result, he was cast into prison where he and his brother Robert both were captured. Almost died of starvation. And then he refused to shine the boots of a British general. He took out his sword and cut his head and cut his left hand. So he has a scar on his left hand, a scar on his head, his face. And then in prison, he and his brother Robert both contracted smallpox. And then when his mother finally got them out, Robert died of the smallpox. Andrew Jackson lived. Andrew Jackson then lost his mother. At 14, she died of cholera. Did he quit? Did he stop? Did he say life is too hard, life is too difficult? Can you imagine being an orphan, 14 years old? All that tragedy happened in your life. He goes on to be the seventh president of the United States of America. Why? His strong faith in God. He believed that no matter what, he's got a life to live. He's going to live it. He's going to glorify God and be the best that he could possibly be. And he's the seventh president of the United States of America. And then need I tell you about Jesus? Aren't you glad he never gave up on us? Went all the way to the cross? Amen. So continue in your well-doing. Continue speaking the word of your life. No matter what your challenge is, no matter what the situation is that you're going through, when those thoughts come to discourage you, to get you to a place where you begin to faint in your mind, begin to remember about all those The witnesses that are up there. You know what? I recently talked about this, I think, in our faith and healing class as well. There are two women that are mentioned, whose names are mentioned in the Hebrews chapter 11. We call it the Faith Hall of Fame. And you talk about one side and the other side of the spectrum. You've got Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and Rahab, the prostitute. There, those two names. Those women's names are mentioned the only two women mentioned in the Faith Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you know, your situation might be in life. You use your faith and praise God. It may not be written in this Bible, but it will be written in glory. You stand firm, you hold fast, you don't let go, you don't faint in your mind, and you say, this book has got to be true. There's not one lie in this book. It has to be true. If there's someone that has to change, it's going to be me, and I'm going to change, praise God. It may be my words, the way I think, what I believe, what I'm saying, what I'm doing, whatever it might be, my actions or whatever, but I am not going to quit. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to lose heart. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue and continue and continue in declaring the word of God to be true in my life. You are you are my savior you are my redeemer you are my healer you are my deliverer you are my lord you're my king you're my everything my all in all and i will serve you in complete surrender all the days of my life as i live my life upon this earth hallelujah and then he says in due season now what does a farmer know about due season a farmer knows about due season the scripture says why should a man die before his due season what's the due season when it comes to farming harvest time right In due season you will reap if you faint not. So let's talk a little bit about due season. You planted the seed. You prepared the soil. Planted the seed. You provided the water and the nourishment. You protected it from the weeds and the insects. And now the time for harvest has come. The precious fruit of the earth is time to come. Beloved, we're living in these last days. God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for people to come in from every walk of life. To give their hearts and lives to Jesus. And you know what? We're supposed to be sowing the seed of the word of God. in other people's lives that are out there. That they can come in. And know how good God is. But the farmer knows there's going to be a time. There's going to be a season. And look at what he knows. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16. Just the first part of the verse. A. The first part of the verse. Look at what it says. For which cause we faint not. For which cause... We faint not. If you want to faint not, you've got to have a cause. You've got to have a cause. Do you have a cause? So what's the cause? Beans, carrots, cantaloupes, watermelons, peppers, corn, lettuce. The list goes on and on. He knows that he knows that he knows that he knows that one day he's going to reap A ripe watermelon. That's his cause. I'm not giving up. It could provide his livelihood. I'm not giving up. I'm not fainting. I'm not losing heart. I'm going to work hard. But come on buddy. You've been doing this for three months now. You don't see a whole lot of anything here. Coming to full fruition yet. But just hold on. Just be patient. Be patient. Patient doesn't mean just to wait idly passively it means you're you're aggressively waiting in praise and worship i know the victory is mine i know i have the victory i know i've got my whatever need met i know that you are my help you are my strength you are my provider you are my you praise him it's an active you see patiently uh Waiting in the midst of all the adversities, you continue to praise him and praise him and praise him when everything else around you seems like you shouldn't, but you keep on doing it and doing it and doing it because you know whether it's raining, whether it's sunshine, whether it's whatever it might be, the weather conditions outside, whether it's windy or not, the seed is in the ground, the seed is working, the seed is growing. It will eventually produce fruit when in due season. The Lord spoke to my heart before, like I said, this message saying, Some people are about to receive. Their miracle. Their fruit. Tell them not to give up. Don't abort the project. Don't let it go. Don't pull it out of the ground and uproot it. Before you see the fruit of what you've been believing God for. So hold fast. Declare it. Decree it. I thank God. He's faithful to his promise. And faithful to his word. And I believe i received my miracle. Um, We won't take time to look at all these scriptures. But notice I wrote those out for you. In John 6.66 after jesus delivered a hard message on who he was and he said if let you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no life in you and you can't and many then it says after he said that walked away they fainted they gave up and they just walked away from jesus and you remember paul talking about demas and alexander Demas just loved the world more than anything else, and so he went back to the world, gave in to the lust of the flesh, and began pursuing the things that he probably pursued before he became a Christian. Then you got Alexander, who gave Paul a hard time after starting off right and supporting him, and then moved over to the other side. Because you see, this walk of faith that we're engaged in, it's a fight between the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh will always want to take us down the wrong path, but the spirit will want you to do the right thing. And you know what? It's whatever we lean toward. If we lean to the Spirit, we're going to reap of the Spirit. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap of the flesh. But God wants us to what? Sow to the Spirit and believe. And if we'll do that and hold fast, we're not going to in any way lose out with God. And so the time of fruit bearing is going to come. But these others, they fainted. And so as a result, they didn't bear fruit unto righteousness. And finally, we understand that faint not. Notice this in 2 Corinthians 4. Again, Second uh, Corinthians. Look at this, four, verse sixteen. Here's the cause. We have a cause and a reason for it not to faint. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perishing. Anybody here getting younger? Anyone? No, not one. Is your outward man perishing? Right. Part of, is, is maturing I know we want to use mature it's a better to say mature than aging or getting older because we love words you know we're, we're aging we're maturing you know instead et etc but you know look at the birth certificate and you know that you are definitely maturing okay the outward man perish, but the inward man is what renewed day by day so think about this why would we want to sow into something that is dying when we can sow into something that is living and will live forever. Look what he says. The inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, a fleeting moment of time, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory... He goes on to say, while we look not at things seen, but things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal or subject to change. And the things that are not seen are eternal or not subject to change. So what he's saying is stop looking at the outward. And start looking at the inward. You've got a cause. This cause that you have is a, a, a far greater cause than anything that we can have in experience externally. We've got something on the inside. The life of God on the inside, the nature of God on the inside, the glory of God on the inside, the power of God on the inside. So to it, it'll help take care of this outward man because the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in all of us to quicken these mortal bodies of ours and give them life and health and wholeness and well-being, etc., etc. So start catering to the man on the inside so the man on the inside can cater to the man on the outside. Stop fainting in your mind. Okay, so we all have a call. And what is that call? And that call is to not stop serving God. It's not to give up on our walk with God. Not to give up on loving God. Caring for God. Serving God. Honoring Him. surrendering our life to Him. We're not to give up. We're not to faint. We're not to lose heart. We're not to throw in a towel. We're not to stop believing what we've been believing God for. Because why the day of harvest is at hand. Just regroup. Regather yourself. And start thinking in terms of. Of what he's already done for you. And what will happen? We will reap the rewards. Of our faith. Be like walking into that grocery store. With money or currency. And exchanging it for goods. And now you're walking into the throne of God. With unwavering faith. And you're exchanging it. For the grace that you need. To get you through. The situation or the day. Amen. I'm going to close with this thought. We in America. We sowed some great things. When we first became a nation we sowed some marvelous things some wonderful things some beautiful things our founding fathers came over here and they wanted God to be exalted they wanted Jesus to be their king they wanted to serve him they wanted a place where they can be free and worship God the God of the Bible that's why they came to this country They established in the first colonies and in the first 13 states, their constitution stated the fact that if you were not a believer, born again believer, you could not run for public office. Read it. You could not run for public office and hold a political office if you were not a born again believer. You can read them. And then, think about it, then the judges that you would have, the supreme courts, justices and judges and all that, they would be those that would believe in the things of God. And so they promoted the things of God in our nation, in our land. And for many, many years, we defended and stood by the side of Israel to see to it that we protected them and cared for them. When other nations would turn against them, they'd have to go through us to get to them. And they didn't like that. So you could say this, God raised up Israel to bring in the Savior and God raised up America to defend Israel on this planet. And we have done that. We've evangelized probably more than any other nation in the world. We're probably, from statistics that I've read, 75% of all evangelization comes out of the United States of America. 75%. And so for all these years, what did we enjoy? Prayer in public school reading of a scripture in public school pledge of allegiance think about it in God we trust on our money all of it was there all of it's in place a manger scene was no big deal the ten commandments it was right there where the representatives meet they had prayer meetings at the white house they would use their own band to have worship services on the, at the White House. That's what it was. You know why? Because we sowed good seed. We sowed the seed of God's word into the hearts and minds of all the people. And we were recognized and we were known as a, as a Christian nation. Birth, praise God, by God for a purpose in the earth. But when we got away from that, and people got more concerned about letting everybody and everything else in, and just taking control of our nation, and not being concerned about who we vote in for for public offices and all that, no matter what their thoughts are, their views were, or whatever. Now what do we sow? Seeds of abortion, murder. Seeds of not following the laws of God seeds of wanting to remove God from our pledge of allegiance remove God from our monetary system remove the consciousness of God from America and look at every country that's ever done that it was to their demise Abraham Lincoln said this years ago he said you can never destroy America from within I mean from without rather any nation coming against this nation we're too strong and we've got God on our side there's no possible way Isn't that wonderful to hear another nation other than Israel say that? God is on our side. God is for us. God, we put you on our money. We put you on a flag. We put you in in, in our anthem. We put you everywhere. We stamp you as the one who watches over everything this country stands for. That's how it was. And now, look what's happened. You reap what you sow. You get one lady come in and just say, let's get her out of school because that offends me. Right? I say then go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Let's get in God we trust off our money system because that offends me. Then move somewhere else. Go live somewhere else. You came to this country. And that's what we were founded on, and that's what we believed in, and we sowed the seeds of righteousness. And when it comes to defending Israel, when it comes to opening up our borders, if you think about that, letting anybody anything without even any knowledge of who they are and what they're doing, go ahead, sow acts of terrorism. You sow seeds of terrorism, you'll get acts of, you'll reap terrorism. We're not against people coming here with a true heart that really wants to, to pursue the American dream, are we? We don't, we're not, we don't oppose that. But we oppose crazy people wanting to come in to kill us and blow us up. And I'm sorry, I'm going to step out for you. Read the Koran and you'll find out exactly what it says. Everyone else is an infidel. Kill them. Read it. It says it. And those that really follow it like you follow your Bible, that's exactly what they believe and you are an enemy and the whole goal is to wipe us all out or to get us to convert to Islam we can't do that who's greater people of God it's time to wake up rise up don't faint in your mind don't lose heart and start sowing once again into our country thoughts and ideas in our politicians mind you don't love God we don't want you You don't want to serve God? We don't want you. You want to redefine marriage? We don't want you. You want to promote a lifestyle that's against the laws of God? We don't want you leading us. We want Jesus Lord over the United States of America. We'll sow seeds of life, not death. Praise God. That's what we want. That's who we want. And that's who we serve, praise God. And that's who we are. And that's what we stand for. It's time to rise up, people of God, and shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Amen. And let it reverberate, praise God, throughout all the land. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school,